0: Time to play the game! Time to play the game! (laughs) Hello, this is The Game, and welcome to episode 8 of Tapped Out. It's been a long time, I've had a lot going on, uh made a major move back to Ohio after uh, losing my job, and I'm now going through a divorce. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of things up in the air with me, but uh, now I'm back. I'm uh, podcasting again about uh, Magic the Gathering and uh, trying to put it in a budget-friendly format so that uh, uh, maybe people can get a little bit out of what's been going on with me and uh, hopefully improve their games a little bit and have a little bit more fun with it. Uh, Just to uh, go over what I will normally be covering in the uh, show, uh, first off, I will uh, normally have a uh, budget build, which is a build, hopefully a competitive deck or at least semi-competitive deck that I try to keep within reason. Uh, Some of the decks that I've been seeing lately, especially like PTQs and stuff like that, I've seen upwards of $1,000 in cards. And it's just... It's become insane. It it really has. And I think that there are alternatives out there, and I'll uh, try to showcase some of them. Uh, Normally, I will have a product review where I will review something that I've uh, uh, bought or something that... uh, I've had some experience with uh, I'll try to have a cost cutting combo each week uh, I do not have one this week I nor do I have a product review this week I'm just uh, getting back going right now and then finally I'll have Market Watch where I'll make a recommendation on a card either to buy before it goes up or to get rid of in the short term Anyway, um, for this week I really only have uh, the budget build and I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the articles that I've been seeing uh, online uh, about essentially building on a budget. And my budget build, I I went and looked through some of the... uh, some of the decks from uh, PTQ Amsterdam held uh, in Cincinnati, which actually was held in Kentucky, but, you know, it was right across the river. And looking at the uh, top eight decks, the one that really stood out to me was uh, Caleb Shearer's uh, Red Deck Wins that came in second. And just to bring up what he had in this deck and unfortunately I'm going to have to uh, find it again but it 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 was a a pretty interesting deck although it had some um, fairly high priced cards in it and what what I think I've done is kind of tweaked it a little bit so that uh, maybe it will at least be semi-competitive and still be uh, and definitely be within within a realm that some that just the average person uh, would be able to uh, put together. And in fact, even with some of the tweaks that I've made, I've tried to include as many of those um, uh, higher price cards as I as I have. And I think with a little bit more tweaking, that um, you know maybe it can be even built on the cheap, uh, you know, really on the cheap, and still be fairly competitive. Anyway, what Caleb had uh, running in his deck is he had uh, 16 creatures, 4 Goblin Bushwhackers, 4 Goblin Guides, 4 Cargan Dragon Lords, and 4 Plated Geopedes. He had 20 spells, 4 Burst Lightning, 4 Devastating Summons, a Forked Bolt, 4 Lightning Bolts, 4 Searing Blaze, and 3 Stagger Shocks. For Lands, which he had 24, he had 12 Mountains four arid mesas, four scalding tarns, and four teetering peaks. In his sideboard, he had four earthquake, a forked bolt, three hell's thunder, three mark of mutiny, and four unstable footing. Now, as I said, this deck came in second, so, um, you know, obviously it was, um, you know, a, a fairly competitive deck, and I'm guessing it was piloted very well. Anyway, the uh, the total price on this deck, according to uh, uh, TCGplayer.com, uh, the uh, mid-price is $246.55, which, considering some of the other decks um, in that tournament ranged up upwards of $1,000, $246 is, is pretty good as far as, as a budget for a competitive deck. What I've done is kind of made some tweaks. I've only got one Cargan Dragonlord. I've only got one Goblin Guide. Um, and I have very few of the Fetchlands. And really, the Cargan Dragonlord and the Fetchlands were the only cards in that deck that, uh, that booked for over $10 median, again, according to TCGplayer.com. What I've done is uh, just made some replacements. As far as the creatures, because I only had one Goblin Guide and one Dragon Lord, I decided to go with uh, two Rage Nimbus, which is the uh, 5-3 Defender that can um, taunt uh, a creature into attacking. And four Kilm Fiends, and that is the one, two, that gets plus three, plus zero um, until end of turn, when you play a, a sorcery or an instant, I figure with uh, as many spells as you're playing in that deck, Kiln Fiend, while it's a little, it's a little fragile, and it costs one more than a Goblin Guide and doesn't have haste, uh, still can uh, uh, give you some pretty good beats along the way, and it's not going to give your opponent the extra land. Um, as far as the spells go. I didn't have any devastating summons at all, and what I did was instead of using the forked bolt, I just added a four stagger shock, and that was simply because I didn't have uh, the extra one to throw in there. And instead of devastating summons, uh, I went ahead with soul's fire, which is uh, you know from the uh, shards of the Laura block, and it is a um, it's a two colorless and red and target creature deals uh, damage or a, a creature deals um uh, damage to a to target player equal to the creature's power and I figured that would be real nice considering you've got Kiln Fiend that you would that if that spell would pump up and um uh, if not, you've got the Rage was which is already a 5-3. It actually is target creature you control and play deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So, um, you know, it could be removal or it could be, um, uh, you know, just uh, hit to the dome. And as far as the lands go, instead of playing uh, all the fetch lands, since I only have three of those fetch lands... I, uh, substituted in, uh, Terramorphic Expanse and Evolving Wilds, which is going to slow you down a little bit, but, um, it will feed the of G.O.P. just like the fetch lands will. And, essentially, you're only going for mountains anyway, so it really doesn't matter as, as far as that goes. It's just going to set you back a little bit of tempo. Um, you know, for budget considerations, that's probably the best, best thing you can do. Now, the, uh, side his sideboard uh, where he had uh, four Earthquake, a Forked Bolt, three Hell's Thunder, three Mark of Mutiny, and four Unstable Footing. Well, I don't have Hell's Thunder and Earthquake. I'm not really sold on Earthquake. I know a lot of people have uh, told me that, you know, yes, Earthquake is good. Go ahead and play it. What I've done um, is uh, substitute in an Extra Rage Nimbus. And two Valcut Firebore, which is the 1-7 uh, from Rise of the Eldrazi that when it attacks can switch to a 7-1. And if nothing else, you can always um, use the Soul's Fire on that one too. And four Zektar Shrine exp- Expeditions, which will give you the 7-1 Trampler uh, when you sack it after Landfall three times. Um, my tweaks to this deck has brought it to a total of uh, $90.95. And that could be brought down even lower, um, say if you replace the Kargan Dragonlord or you replace the other two Fetchlands. And easily it could be uh, knocked down to, um, you know, the, the $50 to $60 range, um, which would still be It wouldn't be as good, but it would still be a fairly competitive deck, I feel. Unfortunately, I did not get to test this deck out at uh, Friday Night Magic this week, and I'll be uh, getting to why here in a second. But um, I look to uh, test it next week and, uh, you know, hopefully have some results to tell you and maybe um, uh, some other tweaks to uh, add to that deck. Now, as far as the reason why i didn't get to uh, test it this week and it and this is you know not so much a product review or a- anything like that but it's it's just kind of a recommendation that i have um when you consider that so many cars right now in standard cost so much um what really is the uh, best way to you know go about playing when you're when you're playing on a budget for me, um, personally, it's to draft, and I've, um, I've been drafting for the, um, ever since I moved back to Ohio, I've been drafting at every Friday Night Magic that I go to, uh, instead of playing standard, and, you know, I think, I think that, um, really draft is the best way to, uh, kind of build a, uh, card stock, um and still get your uh, your playing in. And, you know, because what it is, is most places, draft will normally cost you just a bit over what it would cost for um, uh, the three packs. Uh, where I uh, play at uh, Comic Town on Morse Road in uh, Columbus, Ohio, it's uh, $14 for a draft. And uh, for every player in the draft, they toss a pack in the prize pool. Now even if you're drafting and you're not very good, at least you're going to be able to go through and get your pick of the cards. Uh, some people like to rare draft myself. Personally, I like to draft to win if there's nothing in the pack that, um, you know, if there happens to be some kind of jank rare or some rare that, uh, nobody wants to take and there's nothing in the pack that will really get me there. I'll go ahead and take the rare, but for the most part, I'm drafting to win. Um, what it does then is gives you the opportunity to um, when you do play the draft to win the prize packs and every once in a while you're going to get lucky. Now if you don't crack anything really good in the packs in the draft you can still have the uh, chance to um, uh, crack something uh, good in any prize packs you might win. Case in point uh, not tonight but um, last Friday night Uh, went to the draft there were i want to say 24 players in the draft i came in fourth i won four packs um and you know four packs i I paid fourteen dollars i got my my draft um during the draft i got um you know a couple rares and i uh got an eldrazi temple out of it you know eight to ten dollar cards is you know, fairly good as far as that goes. And I got a couple decent rares to, to play in the deck, to to be honest. I can't remember which, which ones they were right now. But I uh, got my four um, prize packs, busted them on the way home, and what do I get? I get a Gideon. Now, you know, it, it you're not going to get that all the time, obviously, but, um, you know, to have the chance to win the packs... You're not paying much more than you would normally pay for packs. And if you're going to buy packs anyway, why not draft with them? It just makes uh, perfect sense. Uh, at a place that I used to play at in North Carolina, people who normally played casual wouldn't come into the drafts on the first weekend of the month because they didn't have the money. But some of those same people. Who would say that they didn't have the money on that first uh, on that first Friday of the month would come in and buy a half dozen packs during during the week? I saw that happen several times, and I'm like, why aren't you drafting on on Friday night? You get a chance to win something. Um, you know, so, I don't know why. You know, I I don't understand. You know, what the thinking is there. You know, it's not going to cost you much more. You have a chance to win some packs. If not, you have a chance to, uh, you know, rare draft or whatever, whatever have you. I don't see any real downside to drafting. Plus, it's going to make you get better at deck building. It's going to let you um, practice ev- uh, evaluating cards. And while that is a little bit different for standard than it is for uh, draft. It's still going to be a skill that you can use. Plus, on on the the positive side too, is that you get your play in. You know, you get your uh, you get your three, four, five rounds. Where I'm going, it's normally four or five rounds on, on a Friday night, and you get your fun in. You get your cards in. Everything's good. So that's why I haven't played a whole lot of standard lately. Is um I'm drafting to kind of build my stock up. Uh, tonight I didn't do so well, went two and two and didn't win any prizes, so consoled myself with a few packs and luckily I pulled you know, made some great pulls out of the packs and uh everything was good. Anyway, uh just want to um one, uh, thank everybody for their, um, for their patience. I know it's been a long time since I've, uh, uh, podcasted and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to, uh, uh, get on a, uh, semi-regular basis. Uh, I, yeah, I always had a hard time keeping up with it before, but, uh, right now I got a little bit of time on my hands and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to, uh, keep up with the podcasting, uh. The other thing is I'm hoping that I will be able to uh, get a co-host or two. There's a lot of very uh, cool people where I'm playing at right now so uh, it shouldn't be uh, uh, too difficult to do. And I'm going to cut it short this week. I really don't have a uh, a market watch per se and right now I'm a little confused with the market as it is and uh, I do want to give a uh, uh, Big shout out, Uh, Benny Smith at Star City Games uh, wrote a great article uh, a week ago Friday about the uh, mythics and the cost of playing. And if anybody has not read that article, they really need to look at it. Wizards has really screwed the pooch. As, as far as uh, budget players and we see that with uh, how much standard decks cost uh, when you've got cards approaching $100 in standard it's just insane and when you've got Jace uh, the Mind Sculptor uh, Gideon Jura um, you know several other cards at 50 or approaching $50 uh, Gideon or uh, Jace is almost to the $100 range right now it's uh getting really disgusting Uh, you know what mythic rares it might have seemed like a good thing to do but if you're going to do it stick to the flavorful cards I understand planeswalkers um, are going to be mythic but if you're going to make it if you're going to make a mythic and you're going to make them that good you know the price is going to soar on those things it's really getting out of control um packs are now becoming lottery tickets and it, quite frankly is getting out of the range for the average player and um you know hopefully wizards will balance that out soon uh maybe reprint some of the um some of the mythic planeswalkers that are that are going around right now Jace the Mind Sculptor is just just insane, and we'll see what they do with some of the other things like Baneslayer Angel and that are you know kind of getting uh, out of hand. Uh, next week I will have a product review. I just bought something tonight, and I'll I'll have a little review on uh, on the uh, new deck bag that I bought tonight, uh, and I will have a cost cutting combo next week done wish I had one this week but uh, haven't had a whole lot of time to uh, put into it uh, hopefully everybody out there um, it has a good time um, good time with it I would like feedback and I know that uh, this is not going to be the best one I'm doing this show all in one take and there's not going to be much editing to it so I understand that it's not going to be you know totally 100% up to par you know, hopefully when I get some editing, I get a co-host or two. And, uh, you know, hopefully things then will uh, go a little bit smoother. Anyway, until next time. If you're not down with that, we only got two words for ya: Tapped out.